You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. You've had the honour of being one of the first two players inducted in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Where were you when you find out and what kind of feeling did you have when it was announced? Well, I was, uh, I was at home. Uh, I was like, what? You know, type of thing because that didn't exist. I didn't know. That was, you know, as you know, obviously being where you are, Hall of Fame is a big thing in, uh, in, in America. You know, they all have one and Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame speech and entrance and all of that. So. I didn't expect anything like that, and uh, but I was I was very proud, proud moment uh, in all fairness. And you know, you start to think about the guys that you played with that made that possible, the team, fans, coach, you know, family. You know, you you kind of like and 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 see who played in the league, and you're like, wow, you know, to be one of the two uh, first guy in with with Alan Shearer. I mean. What else? You, I didn't expect it. In all fairness, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about it. But proud moment. Proud moment. Yeah. So let's go back to the, the start of the story for Cherry Omri, the footballer. Where did it really begin? When did you fall in love with football? And how old were you when you started to realise that this it might be a special talent? My dad. My dad made it happen. Um, my, my dad made me fall in love with football. My dad made me kick my first ball. My dad made me understand the game. The street developed me into what I was and the desire that you need to have, protecting that ball, understanding that how to get kicked, how to protect yourself, uh, and, and everything that you can get in the street. I think it's the best school that you can ever have. You know, we, we, we are very fortunate in the suburb of Paris that we have that. That's why you have a lot of guys coming from the suburb of Paris, uh, uh, from, uh, from France, that are being successful. Anyway, that's a, that's a different topic. But my dad was, was the guy that, you know, he loved it. He loved it and he couldn't do it. He will tell you himself that if he had a dad like I had, he would have been a professional. And I was like, yeah, right. You know those stories, but uh, he made it happen. And at that time, who were the players you were looking up to? Who were the players who influenced you as a young player to what? with the player you turned out to be in the Premier League? Well, first and foremost, I'm sure you will remember the player, but Marius Trezor. Marius yeah. Trezor. Because he's from the West Indies. And, and my dad, oh, my dad used to, to bore me with his stories. They were not boring, but at one point, you know, because, yeah. he, you know, black guy playing in a national team, captain of the national team, being from Guadeloupe. And you can imagine, you know, that volley against West Germany in Sevilla. Oh, you know, I heard it, you know. And for me, he was the guy that I, I used to look at and I was like, wow. Then after, Marco van Basten came along because I started to play myself and I started to look at number nines and, and I was like, wow, I, I, that guy is, is, is different. Uh, but, but Marius Trezor, for obvious reasons, uh, in the game was, was the guy for me. So... Just on that question then, you were, obviously, he was a guy for you and you're the guy for many kids growing up. Do you, do you, do you kind of 
understand that responsibility and accept that you're the, 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 the guy who people are going to talk about as Thierry Henry was the man who kick-started my career. It's kind of weird, Robbie. I don't think about it. I really don't. I know you have some type of, of responsibility and, and whether you like it or not, you are a role model. You didn't ask for it, right? But it is what it is. It goes with it. And, and you have a voice and you, you, you can speak to people that cannot be seen. Uh, I, I get that, but I don't, I don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I just wanted to go out there and make sure that I, can put, I could put a smile on, his fa on the face of my dad. That's all I wanted to do. That was the hardest thing I had to do. And then suddenly people are looking up to you and looking at you on what you're doing. I was, you're kind of like, you know, the only thing I wanted to do is play as hard as I could, be the best version that I could be every single day. And at times, as you can imagine, it wasn't enough, right? But, uh, but that's all I wanted to do. You know, I, I don't think about it too much. So obviously your dad was a big influence, but everybody knows the Arsenal-Wenger influence on your career. And many think about Arsenal, but I don't think many people would realise that he gave you your professional debut yep. as a 17-year-old at Monaco in 1994. What was it like when you first met with Arsene Wenger? And what was he expecting from you at that younger age? It's kind of weird with Arsene. Age doesn't matter for him. You know, if, if he sees you as someone that can help him to win games and, and can be good, you'll play. You know, it's whatever you can bring. And I remember the first time, you know, he used to come all the time and see the, the, the youth team. So obviously I was 16 uh, when I arrived at Monaco and I had a good season that season, but I never expected that the year after playing from under 17 that I would have made the jump straight away to play for the first team. And so... I remember first game, he looked at me and said, no pressure, you'll start tonight, just play like you usually play. And I was like, what? That's it? You know, type of, that's what you're going to tell me, that's it. But it, it, as you saw, you know, he did it with Cesc Fabregas after, he did it with so many players, Nicolas Anelka. It doesn't matter. He sees what you can bring, he sees who you are. And, but yes, he started me uh, as a number nine, uh, as you know. Then I, I lost my way playing on the wing, although I learned a lot by the way playing on the wing and now to share uh, because number nine sometimes gets the glory and, and, and it's, I will say rightly so, yes and no, but being on the wing make me, made me understand also, Robbie, that you, know, you break your neck, you go up and down the whole game and you cross that ball back and nobody sees the cross and the guy gets, gets the headline because he scored a tap-in and I'm like, really? Wow! That's how it is when you're on the side. So when I went back in the middle, I started to share a bit more too. <laughs> That's great. And just after that time, you got into the 98 World Cup squad with France. I mean, it was a brilliant summer, winning the finals against Brazil. What do you remember from that time? You were a 20-year-old amongst some of the biggest names in, in world football. First and foremost, as you said, you know, when you, you arrive in the squad, you have the likes of Blanc, Versailles, Zidane, Djokaev. Although Turam was young and, uh, and uh, younger, shall I say, or older than me, but younger than those guys, and I played with him in Monaco and Fabio Bartes too. Those guys were playing in Milan, Juventus. The other one was, you know, Inter Milan. You know, you're looking at them, you're like, ooh, you know. But at one point also, you're like, oh, I have to, I have to make sure that I can show those guys that I can win with them, you know. And how did it feel, Robbie? Listen, even now I'm like, it seems like it wasn't supposed to happen, but. What makes it happen is work ethic, commitment, and desire. You know, what do you do when people cannot see you? You know, are you working hard or are you taking it easy? 
And I was the I was the guy always trying to work as hard as I could, and 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 some people will get will be better than you, but I was always trying to be tough to make sure that I was going to be the guy that working. And so you get your result, you get what you're supposed to get when you when you work hard. And yes, people will tell me, yeah, yeah, but did you see the team that you have? Yeah, but before the before the tournament, nobody thought we were going to win it. Nobody thought we were going to be the players that we turned out to be. After some were already great, the Saïd Deschamps, Zizou was becoming what he what he became. But it wasn't that clear. Uh, but to be able to win a World Cup, first and foremost, win a World Cup, but win a World Cup at home, 25 or 20 miles away from where I grew up, I saw the construction of the stadium. Uh, like, you, you, I, was, I was, well, not me driving, my dad was driving me to the airport sometime to go to Monaco. And, and I was looking at it, and I was like, wow, it'd be, it'd be great if we can get some tickets to watch some games. But you don't. You don't think that you're going to be there because I, I was 16 at the time when they started to build it. I didn't even play yet with Monaco. How am I going to think that I'm going to be in the squad? Yeah. I mean, that's a dream, isn't it? That's like a boyhood dream, you know, any kid has. Robbie, the, 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 listen, and I know you did, but to play for your national team here in the national anthem, I mean, there's no, nothing better than that. So to be able to repeat it and repeat it again and be able along the way uh, to win stuff, I mean, it's just amazing. Let's talk a little bit about your Arsenal journey. You joined in 1999. What did you think was achievable, A, at the club, and B, individually for yourself, making that big move? I, I, you know, I'm very old school. I grew up with, with uh, sorry, shut up and work. Uh, you haven't done anything here. You have to show those guys that you can win. You have to show those guys that they can count on you. Uh, forget what you want elsewhere, put that outside of the dressing room. And by the way, even if you did bring them in the dressing room, Tony Adams would have kicked that, kicked that out of the dressing room. No, it's true, Robbie. That's a true story. Uh, it is what it is. This is how I, I became an Arsenal man. This is how I understood what was Arsenal. This is what, uh, what, how I understood what it was to, to beat Tottenham, what it was to wear that cannon. Uh, uh, that, that cannon is heavy. It is heavy. But because those guys were there to let me know... So I came in a sort of speech naked. Who are you? Nobody. I need to make sure that you're going to know about me and I can make you win titles and, and, and make you win stuff along the way. This is where Tony's going to fight for you. Martin's going to fight for you. Patrick Vera's going to fight for you. Lauren's going to fight for you. Saul Campbell's going to They're not going to fight if you walk on the field and if you, go, if you don't give 100%. But they made me understood that. It took me a little while, you know, two, three years. To, 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 to finally win something, and then you can talk. That's interesting, because Lee Dixon works with us, and he's still the same now. Oh, well. <laughs> Lee, Lee, it's funny, Lee. Hey, tell Lee. I used to tell, I used to tell him it's funny, because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't the fox-in-the-box potter type of player, I, although I scored some goals in the box. But, I, I, you know, Lee used to put the ball in the box and go like, you know, where were you? Put the, I was like, Lee, sometimes put your head up. You know, it's over those times where you cross the ball and someone will break his neck to meet your cross. Exactly. Can you meet my run? Can you meet me? And we used to joke about it. And he was like, oh, what do you mean? And then they understood what type of player I was and, and it was all good at the end. Lovely. Talk to us a bit about the transition from that wide player that you started at Juventus and maybe came in at Arsenal to, to the centre-forward that came one of the greatest Arsenal have ever had. Actually, Robbie, I'm a number nine. 
I grew up as a number nine. I was always a number nine. But because I was fast and in bracket versatile, a lot of coaches were like, we need to utilize that speed. Okay, Sonny Anderson was playing for Monaco and other guys. Let's put him on the wing. He will stretch defense. He will, and, and then I got used to play on the wing. And so there you go. So I'm like, okay, you know, you play for Monaco, you're a national team, you're world champion. I'm like, then that's my position. People knew me as a winger. So, you know, but then obviously, as you know, I met Alsen once again that he saw me as a number nine and he knew what I could do. Some people in France knew what I could do as a number nine, but in the world, people knew me only as a winger. And so, you know, to take that back to my game, the desire of scoring goals, the desire of making runs to go to goal, the desire of bringing the number four, or the, the centre-back, sorry, out of his position into my garden, where I can show how strong I was, not how weak I was. You know, that's, 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 that was very important. And then after, you need to be, obviously be equipped to execute what you need to execute. But I will say that the, 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 the early days that I had on the wing, if I can say, uh, uh, taught me a lot about the game, taught me about sharing, taught me that a striker sometimes will get the, the glory even though he's not great. Is it right? Yes, because it is the hardest thing to do in the game, I would say. But there is so many stuff that a striker should be able to do also to help his team. And I get annoyed when people only say, oh, he scored, so no, no. Sometimes you can score a hat-trick and not play well. I scored hat-tricks where I was rubbish. And I, and I actually played some great games where I didn't score. And people were like, oh, it wasn't really him today. I was like, well, that was one of my best games. But people don't value putting pressure. People don't value moving for someone else. People, don't, people will never question the nine that has zero assists at the end of the season. You know, and, I, I, and I'm like, well, surely a number nine can do more. But I think it's because I went out on the wing. And when you're on the wing, and we joked about it at the beginning, but it's true. And people don't notice your work. As you know, you being a midfielder, going up and down, following, hey, it's not easy. Yeah. Oh, it's not easy delivering a cross after maybe being up and down, box to box, maybe six times. Because people follow the ball, right? But they're not following that you are following your right back. Yeah, and then you're in a 1v1 situation and you need to cross the ball well. And if you don't cross that ball well, you'll hear it. So, you know, it's not easy. But that opened my mind uh, on a lot of stuff. Question I'm just interested in. If we inserted Thierry Henry into the Premier League today, and there's lots of teams playing with a false nine, so a withdrawn uh, midfield or striker and, and wide players, where would you play in, in that kind of setup? Would you be the false nine or would you be one of maybe the wide players making runs from... from however you want to call it, false winger, true winger, false nine, uh, however, fake what... I think, you know, it would have been great for me, you know, uh, it depends. It, it, it depends, but I, I was versatile enough to be able to play behind a striker, as a striker, or on the right or on the left. But one thing I would have liked right now is play against the, those teams that like to high press. Because if you're that, what? If you're that high on the halfway line, oh my gosh, I would have been gone all game. <laughs> In 2001-2002 was the season you got 24 Premier League goals, also won the FA Cup and the Premier League. What clicked for you then? What, what, was, what was that moment like and set you off? 
I think, Robbie, that people understood who I was. Mm -hmm. The my teammates understood what type of player I was. I understood also what it was to play for Arsenal. Um, we also got some very important players along the way to make sure that we could be able to win. Let's not put that on the side. You know, Sylvain Wiltord, Saul Campbell came, Lauren, uh, Robert Pires. We're not talking about Mickey Mouse players here. We're talking about some amazing players. So yes, 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 I scored 24. But what was important is those guys also scoring with me. Because at the end of the very day, for example, you take the goals of Harry Kane. Harry Kane will always do Harry Kane. But that's not what's going to give you the league. What gives you the league is a squad and guys that can make sure that you don't notice when your so-called good players are not on the field. That's how you win the league. You win the league because your squad is good. Not because, understand me well, yes, obviously, because you have, you have some special players. But you win the league because you have a good squad. Look at Man City. They, they, they won the league this year without Aguero playing, playing. Nobody would have said that ever. Yeah. and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk to us about the Invincibles, 2003-2004, still regarding one of the finest teams in Premier League history. What's, what gives you most pleasure about that team? Um, now, thinking about it, the camaraderie, the togetherness. And, and sometimes I, I, I want to explain to people the hardest thing was training. training. Oh, yes. Every morning, if I, I, I used to wake up early. Every morning is all Martin Kern on you. All Colo Touré. Young Colo... No, uh, let me repeat. Young Colo Touré. <laughs> and then Saul Campbell. Yeah. Every morning. It's like when people say to me, oh, you know who was my, one of my... If you ask uh, Alan Shirley, say Martin Kern was the toughest for him. Some people would say Saul Campbell. I had them every day. One of the three. This is why I became who I became also, because you can't, you can't turn up in training not well. And then on the other side, you're looking at the defenders, but on the other side, to keep my place, I'm looking at Dennis Bergkamp, I'm, look, I'm looking at Nyanko Kanu, and I'm looking at Sylvain Wilton, I'm looking at all those guys. I'm like, oh, we, if you don't perform, you go on the bench. So that was, understand me well, I, I, because what you saw, you saw, right? 
But the training session battles, how we used to argue for anything, how we used to almost work, sorry to say, close to a fight in training because in games that we won, we were close to fighting in, in the dressing room because someone didn't cross the ball when he should have crossed the ball and, and stuff like that. That was our mentality. This is why you become what we became because it was just we hated to lose. And don't get me wrong, we did lose. We did lose in the Champions League. We lost, but we had that one in sight after we clinched the title. In all fairness, I won't, I, I won't lie. We saw that after because, as you know, Robbie, you, what you want to do is you want to be champion. And when, once you pass the finish line and someone says to you, make another lap, you're like, why? You make a lap of honor. You don't, you don't make a lap trying to beat anything. But we had to also saw it and we stayed unbeaten. Um, and yeah, what an achievement. But listen, we're all freaks. We're not normal in terms of, I'm not talking about the game. Eh? I'm not talking about being on the field. I'm talking about the attitude that we had. Uh, it was pretty special. I want to talk about two, obviously, really high-profile managers you worked with. Arsene Wenger. I recently heard you say that Arsene made you think about the game in, in a different way. And also, you worked with Pep Guardiola going to Barcelona. Um, what are the sort of similarities or differences between those two guys? And, and what's Arsene's special ingredient? Well, I, I just told you, Arsene had the, had the ability of, obviously, you know, you were a player, of you going to the manager office and you're like, I'm going to tell him what I think today. Next thing you know, you didn't tell him anything. And you come out of his, the, the dressing the, his office smiling and he actually told you what he wanted to tell you. And, you, and I used to close the door and I'm like, wait, hang on a minute, he's done me again. Like, but what he told me basically, Robbie, is you played with some strikers. I used to complain about everything and anything and anyone and, 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 and whatever. That's what we do. Give me the ball. You know, give me the ball. I was free. And then he told me, I used to ask him questions. He said, Terry, stop asking yourself the, the, the wrong question. Ask yourself the right question. Is that player, do you think that player can see you? And I was like, no, he's not Dennis Beckham. Dennis Beckham can see you, however. So what, I, what did that do? I started to ask myself a question. Okay, Robbie has the ball. What is his attribute? How can I make sure with his attribute, he can see me? So I wasn't going maybe to go in behind if you're a guy that likes to play short. Because I know that would have been stupid because you never play me. So I was always trying to adapt my game then to who had the ball. And then instead of complaining, you, you start to be proactive. You're like, okay, Dennis had the ball, so Dennis had the ball, Dennis had the ball. You do whatever, you know. But some of us, you know, you, you needed to be in their path because their head was down. So if they see your feet or as they see a color, they see you. So you start to adapt your game to others instead of complaining. So it was always a way to see the game in a different manner. That was, that was very impressive with Arsene. That, that freedom that he gives you to go and express yourself. You feel like you're the best player in the world, although you're not. But you, you just go out there thinking like, you know what, I, I got this. You know? and, I, and that's a great feeling when you play for a man like that. Then Pep. Pep is a different ball game. Pep is a different ball game because Pep is so intense and... And you need to look at a genius. Don't, don't try to understand him. And people sometimes try to understand him. You're going to have a headache. You know, if you try to understand what he does or what he sees, sometimes he sees so much that, that he will interchange stuff so many times in the game. But I love that about him. I love that about him because people are trying to copy what he does. And, and what he brought to the game, I'm not even, even talking about what he won. 
when you watch his team, you have a smile on your face. You, you, you're happy. You remember his teams. You remember it's how, how they win. It's not what they want. It's how they want it. And, I, and with him, for the first time in my life, I enjoyed pressing. I enjoyed it. Like before, I was like, oh, I need to press. Okay. You know, how we are strikers. Uh, you know, uh, you know, although, Robbie, we have to sprint. Eh? Sprinting is, is, is demanding. It's very demanding. But anyway, anyhow, I started to enjoy pressing. And not, and not conceding goals was something we knew if we do the job well up front, we're not going to concede. But also, if you stay in front of the box of the opponent, it's also good for me. I'm like so close, I don't have to go back. So do the job, stay there and defend well. Excellent. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Listen, we haven't got much time. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on a few because I know you've had some strong opinions on uh, some of the racial issues. We've had both sides of, of the pond. And you were one of the first um, high-profile people to, to come off social media platforms. Um, what, was, what were you trying to achieve by that? And, and do you think that has happened? I'll be honest with you, Robbie. I've been, some people are telling me the same thing that you told me, but I, I, a lot of high-profile people came off social media but nobody talked about it but I knew I knew if I stayed on it and put a statement on it that people would have talked about the statement and move on but in my mind I was like because at the time Robbie I wasn't getting abused on it but I've had enough of hearing about it and 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 people were talking about it but let's do something then and I knew me coming off it like I said before to you, would have been a little voice for people that don't speak or don't get noticed. So I came off it. I knew and I explained it well, not only, not only about race, but online abuse. Very important. I'm going to talk about what's very close to home, obviously me being black and the game, because it was happening in the game a lot of times uh, to black players. So, Robbie, it did create a wave. Suddenly, people wanted to know why I come off social media. 
Then I give a lot of interviews that were uh, they, that they brought to Gareth Southgate, and Gareth Southgate, by the way, reacted very well. And then people were talking, and then they were asking questions, and then they were this, and then they were that, and then, and then suddenly the reaction was amazing. But I wasn't alone. I wasn't the first one. I just wanted to make sure that because of, of what I've done, it was going to create a wave. And it did create a wave. And the way, not only football, everybody came along in England, cricket, uh, every, everybody, uh, rugby, everybody came along. Uh, now, I mean, uh, the, the, the Queen's speech, it, it has been mentioned to make sure that maybe we can, we can, not me, obviously, but legislate a law or, or do something about it to make sure that those platforms can, can be all accountable because it's too easy. You, you, if, Robbie, if you want to buy a house, you have to let them know how many teeth you have still. And, and, and yet you can, you, and you're laughing, <laughs> but you can, you, can op, you can open an account just like that. Just like there's no, nothing, no, no, come on. But if you try to send a, a, a video or, or have the a music in the background of one of your things and you want to post it, not allowed. So they, they, they do create algorithms sometimes to protect themselves on certain stuff that they have to protect themselves with. But when it's to protect people, they're a bit slow on it. So it created something, Robbie. How far it's going to go, I don't know. But for the very first time, whether if it was social media or, or, or racism, I, 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 I can hear people listening. You know, people are listening. I always say for people to understand where someone is coming from, you need to listen. Then eventually you can hear. When you hear, you can understand. But most of the time, people don't even listen. So where do we go from that? And so right now I hear that, you know, people are listening. Then, then there is a, a small little progress, but let's see how far it's going to go. It's a really good point because, you know, I go back to when, back in the days when, when I was playing when you first started and, and there was, you know, there was Wrighty, there was Incy, there was Bry, all of those guys working to try to, and people used to say then, 20 years from now it will be different. And then all of a sudden, 20 years from now, the difference is it maybe has got worse. And so things like the, the weekend boycott by the Premier League, I thought were really important. And, and I had some, some friends and some people who said, oh, what's that going to prove just one weekend? And for me, a bit like you, you're talking about, it's about a start. It's about people listening. It's about people understanding some of the things that, that people of colour and inequality are, are going through. And, and so I think these things are important. I think they, they don't just have to happen once. People like yourself leading... We've got to make sure that this is a continual thing and people continue to listen. I, I totally agree. And, and like you said, it's a start. People will, they're asking me the same thing. And what's next? What do you think? Oh, everyone is back on it now. And what? I'm like, it's a start because now the parliament is talking about it. Mm. It was mentioned in the, in the Queen's speech. You know, you, you, if that didn't happen, mm. then we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have had everybody talking about it. Do you understand what I mean? And so he has, he has to start somewhere, right? Is it, is it, is it how it should be? No. Is it how the law against racism in the game good enough? No, I don't think so because you get points deducted for financial, for fair, financial play fair play or, or, not, or, not or not playing a player, a player that's, that's, that, that obviously shouldn't, shouldn't have been playing. playing. As we saw this, this year, points were deducted. Why are you not deducting points maybe for, for racism? I don't know. You know, I, Robbie, once again, eh? yeah. I'm sitting here 
We always think that we know better. If I was, if I was, I would have done this, I would have done that. We need to try and see what's possible in order to, to change stuff. But fines of 5,000 euro or pound, I mean, I, I, know, I know it's money for a lot of people, but I'm just <laughs> saying sometimes for those, for those clubs, they're like, really? Oh, I pay, no worries. But you have to also make those clubs uh, uh, accountable and, and see what's happening in their stadium with their fans and, and, and whatnot. Finally, let's move it on to where, where's Thierry Henry's next step. Uh, we've seen you manage at Monaco. We've seen you managing over here in the US at, at Montreal. Where, where do you think your next step is in, in management, in football? Listen, I, I learned a lot. They said to me, you, you can't call yourself a manager until you have been sacked. Done that. Ticked. Uh, <laughs> also, I, I, I heard the other one, you don't have time. Done that. Ticked <laughs> at Monaco. Although people didn't want to know, you know, 1,700 players... You arrive in a team that was at a, almost, you know, just above relegation. Uh, you're trying to deal with a lot of youngsters that did an, a tremendous job for me. But they don't even let you pass the first transfer window to try to see who you can bring or not. Uh, it is where it is. And then, obviously, in Montreal, as you can imagine, COVID. COVID happened. So I've been, I, I found myself in two situations that were not the best one to deal with. Especially, I'm sure you will know that, the Canadian team had to relocate at one point in the U.S., and, and it was, it, we couldn't go back home to see the family because if we go back home, if we went back home, we had to quarantine. So we couldn't train. And then, but if we were staying there too long, the guys were missing their families. And then we had the MLS's back tournament. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, yeah. But we were, we, we were, I think it was us and another team. I forgot who. We were one month behind all the teams in terms of training because we stayed in phase one for a month when they could, they could train in their local market. So it was pretty challenging. And, and if I add the personal issue of everybody going through COVID away from their family, as you can imagine, I'm just letting you, I'm just letting you know, what, the first thing that everyone wanted to, to do through COVID was to be with their family. But when we had to leave and relocate, just imagine the scene that that, that created. While you have to perform, and, and, and whatnot. It was, it, was, it was pretty challenging. But next, still the same thing. I came back for obvious reason because I didn't see my kids for a year. It was a bit too much for me to take. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, COVID mess, made us all vulnerable, uh, emotion, emotional. Uh, we posed something that I'm sure, Robbie, I didn't do that in my life once. We had to pose and think and talk to ourselves. You know, you, know you, you, you pause and you have to talk to yourself. You're like, mm, what am I doing today? Usually you always have something right. So you, you kind of avoid what's happening in and around you. But um, yeah, that's, I still want to coach. That will be uh, something, that I, something that I have in me. Being in the game, that's for sure. But I want to coach. It has to be the right project. Understand me well, Robbie. I'm not sitting here demanding stuff because I'm nowhere near that. But it still has to be the right, the right project for me. Well, we wish you luck with that and congratulations from this side of the pond for your inductee as a Premier League Hall of Famer and uh, I look forward to catching up when I'm back over that side. Thank you, I appreciate it, Robbie. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.